Hello and welcome to Beer and Money, a financial fireside chat for tech professionals. We work to simplify your finances so that you can enjoy your life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burkwell and Alex Collins. Hello everybody, welcome back to Beer and Money. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. With me staring at me wearing his UW Huskies sweatshirt is Alex Collins. Go dogs. Welcome back, for those of you who have been listening, and uh, we appreciate that. And for those of you who are new, appreciate you hopping on here. Um, This podcast is a podcast for tech professionals where we just want to chat about money and open up that dialogue so that you feel comfortable uh, enough to talk with people around you as well as different professionals, as well as helping you make choices around your finances. we're trying to demystify money and make it less of a taboo topic to discuss. Exactly. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about uh, seven financial mistakes that we've actually seen. And really, it's, it's really from a uh, survey almost from, from our current clients as to what they found a value of what they were doing versus what they should have been doing uh, with extra knowledge that they gained from that. So that's today's podcast. Make sure you visit our website. Um, so we the, the mistakes we're speaking about today, we actually did an ebook around it, and it will give you some more detailed information, more uh, diagrams and that kind of stuff, the visual side of this. So go to quantifiedfinancial.com, and if you scroll down a bit on the right-hand side, you'll see a way to uh, look, at the e-bo- e- uh, look at the ebook. You have to give us your name and an email address. I promise you that doesn't sign you up for a bunch of uh, spam emails. That's just to, to get you to the site for the, um, for the ebook. So without further ado, let's kind of jump into these, these mistakes, Alex. Sounds good, Ryan. Mistake number one, not having a financial philosophy or strategy. And so what we mean by that is by philosophy, it's, it's more of like, what's your vision for you and your family? And what is the the question or philosophy you hold when you're making financial decisions? Exactly. This should be two, three, maybe four sentences. And what it's designed to do is it's designed to embody your feelings on money and how you want to live by. So when a financial decision comes up, you can run it by these, you know, two, three, four sentences and say, okay, does which answer fits best with what we're trying to accomplish and that'll lead you in the direction that you want to go. Which ties really into the strategy piece because when you make a decision, right, there, there's several domains around a, a financial picture, right? There's the protection domain around, you know, protecting your income and assets. There's the assets domain, right? There's the liabilities domain, which is the debts. And then there's the cash flow domain. The cash flow domain is essentially what's funding the, the assets, what's paying down the debts and what's being able to, to pay for um, the protection piece. Those are the domains that we typically talk into. And every decision you make, like when you buy a home, it's going to affect every single one of those domains. Exactly, which ties back into the philosophy. So you can see how the strategy and philosophy are hand in hand. And when you know how that operates and works and you can check and balance yourself, it allows you to make educated decisions financially so you're not making one-off decisions or siloed. Correct. What we don't want, we, that's exactly what we want to avoid is we want to avoid, oh, hey, I like this. I'll do this. Whether that's 401k, Roth, 
some form of protection planning, uh, an emergency reserve, buying a house, whatever it is, you really need to run that by, okay, how does that affect all of the rest of the things that you're doing? Because if you buy a slightly bigger house, well, that's going to eat up more cash flow on a monthly basis. And it's going to like affect what you can do for saving for retirement, building your emergency reserve, taking vacations, sending kids to college, all that fun stuff. And so really this needs to be taken a look at from a macro standpoint, you know, taking a look at it from a strategic level first before we start diving into the specifics of, oh, I think every should be everything should be pre-tax 401k or Roth or the, those types of questions. So that's mistake number one. And really, you know, the philosophy strategy, as we're saying, it's really kind of one in the same. And most of the times the, the mistake that we found, or at least what our clients have told us is they've never really looked at their money from the aspect of those domains we just spoke about and the strategies to put in place for that. It's been more of, oh, I've got credit card debt. Let me just chuck a bunch of money at that to get that paid off or to Alex's point around Roth versus a traditional type of retirement account. They just never looked at it from that perspective. Well, they don't think about 401k and retirement versus college savings. Like everything's tied for the top priority of, okay, what do I tackle first? And so like there is no thought or process on how much to put where, when you have an extra dollar, where does it go and why having a philosophy and having some strategy will help give you some direction on that. Yeah. Which really kind of brings us to our, our next point, right? Because the strategy is really in the cash flow that you were just talking about. Where's your money going? Once the income comes in the door, where do you then put that money? And what we see is most of the time, well, we all know that we have to have an income to live our life financially. What we don't look at is how have we protected our income? Because without our income, if our lifestyle changes dramatically, well, our lifestyle would change dramatically without cash flow. Right. And so most people are like, oh, I've never looked at a protection of income. It's more of, well, how do I get protected from a lawsuit? Well, the lawsuit can obviously come after your assets. But here in the state of Washington, they can come after your income. For up to 30 years. So that's a huge piece. So that's this is mistake number two. Not knowing how much of your income is protected or not protecting it at all. Yeah, and a lot of people that we come across will say, oh, I've got income protection taken care of. I've got it through work. Awesome. We did a podcast on this earlier, but you really need to dig into, okay, what's the language of what is considered disabled? And maybe another question is, okay, you've got it at work. How much of the income did they protect? Correct. And what's the definition of income? Because a lot of folks that work in the tech sector, their income is through restricted stock units, options, bonuses, things of that nature. And oftentimes those things are not deemed to be quote unquote income. So that's, that's mistake number two. And, and again, this is, this is information coming from our clients where they just have never sat down and looked at when they think about protection, they thought about, you know, life insurance, they thought about on and home insurance, maybe wills, but they didn't look at what it is they're really protecting. And our greatest financial resource is the income coming in the door. So moving on to mistake number three, and that's you don't have a budget. And what you know, budget is a negative word. Oh, it's almost a four-letter word. Yeah, man. and we don't mean it to be a negative. It's more of like, do you actually know where your money's going on a month-to-month basis? Like, 
Think about all the different subscriptions that we all have nowadays. No, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> right? Like we just added a subscription to my household. So there's another like, I think it's like seven bucks or something per month that's going out the door and they're going to get it every month derailing us here. But the point is we've got these subscriptions. The point is when we're talking with people, oftentimes they have an idea of what they're spending per month but they don't understand what they don't know is why they're spending the money. So, so that's what we mean by, by budget. Not that you're tracking it to the penny. Although sometimes that does help at least to sit down and actually look at maybe on a quarterly basis, where did your money go to the penny? Did it stick, go back to the strategy? When really, when we're talking about budget, we're, we're talking more high level, understanding what we have coming in, what is being spent to make sure that, that continues to come in, how much we're saving on a monthly basis, building into our cash flow so that we're paying ourselves first. What are the obligations that we have after that? Taxes, mortgage, car payment, all of the subscriptions, all of the things that are fixed expenses that we can't change or that we can't go without. So while groceries may not be a fixed expense and that they're not the same every month, we can't go without groceries in a month. Yeah, and, and even more to your point, this is a, a good way of, of maybe not solving, but at least knowing and seeing lifestyle creep. And it allows us to like, free ourselves up. And so budget winds up becoming a good term because it then gives us how much money we can spend without feeling guilty about it. And so now we're... Sw- flipping the script on it. And so instead of it being like about pinching, pinching pennies and like, Oh, we spent too much money here. No, no, no. It's, these are the things that we're already doing. That means that we've got this much that we can go do whatever the heck we want with. Yeah. If you're saving at 20, 15, 20% of your income, well, go spend the rest, go have fun. Exactly. So, okay. So that's mistake number three. And so mistake number four, um, and this is, well, let me just state it first. So mistake number four is focusing on rate of return over your savings rate. This one's a little bit harder for folks to truly understand. And we'll try and break it down to make it simple for you. Our industry focuses an incredible amount of time and energy and effort talking about rate of return. Rate of return on like your 401k investments or your, your brokerage account, broker, joint brokerage account where you're investing in stocks and bonds, right? Like what type of rate of return are you getting in those accounts, right? Our industry has done a really good job of, of essentially showing that that's our main value that we can provide clients. And hopefully this podcast is showing there's other things to consider, not just rate of return. More importantly, and this is a question we ask all the time to our clients, and most of the time we don't get an answer, is what's your savings rate? Yeah. And in terms of rate of return, we can affect the magnitude of the rate of return, like whether we're investing in cash or bonds or real estate or stocks, but we can't affect what happens in the real estate market or what happens in the bond market or what happens in the stock market. Ryan, myself have no control over that. And on a short-term basis, we really don't have a crystal ball that tells us where stuff is going. Like anything, at best, it's an educated guess. And so, at worst, it's just a pure guess. 
exactly. And so we've we've had this conversation around control what you can control, right? You know, we say this all the time, and, and most people actually understand this point inherently. They just don't actually put it to practice is most people understand the more money I save, the more money I'm going to have, right? Like that's, that's, not that's a hard common concept. sense, yeah. except our, and, and I'm going to kind of blame our industry to some degree. Our industry has really come with the approach of this is the minimum amount of money you need to save because X rate of return is going to get you where you need to be. And the problem with that is, is that if we have anything go wrong, we don't get the rate of return we expect. Taxes are higher. Inflation is higher. We wind up not working and therefore not saving. A big expense comes up. Any of these things. Human behavior. Right. Now, the math doesn't work out. And reality should be, well, let's make it much more likely that the outcome occurs and focus on that as opposed to focusing on rate of return and now driving how little money we can save to accomplish our savings goal. Because the answer is we don't know what the future is going to hold. The more money that we can create and build with what we're doing, the better off we're going to be. And the only way to truly control that is to become a world-class saver and be able to save 15% or more of your income. And for those of you who want to see the math on that, it's on the ebook. We have a chart saying if you saved, I think it was 5% and you got, and I forget the rate of return that we put on there. I think it was 8% if I'm not mistaken, but double check that on the ebook. Or if you saved like 15 or 20% and you got a much lower rate of return, how did they pan out? And it just shows you how much more important savings rate is. Let me be crystal clear. We're not saying that you should ignore rate of return. We're just saying that your focus should be more on the savings rate as opposed to the rate of return. Again, focus on what you can control. And if you have questions on this or there's you know something that's not quite sitting right with you, on our, our website, beerandmoney.net, uh, beer there's a spot for you to you know ask a question or something of that nature, uh, post a comment. Let us know. We're happy to schedule you know, 15, 20 minutes, a half hour to have a conversation and help get some of these things answered for you in terms of, okay, well, why, what, what about this, Alex? What about that, Ryan? How do we deal with these different aspects? You know, if we're not dealing with it here in the podcast or you have more questions, reach out to us. We're, we're here to be a resource for you. So you might have noticed we titled the seven biggest financial mistakes. We're only on number four. We're going to have part two of this podcast come out next week. So be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, uh, we've got a question of the day for you. So if you can go again and go back to beerandmoney.net at the bottom, there's a spot to put your name and, and the question or the answer to this question. And the question is, which one of these four mistakes is the biggest concern that you have? So we're looking for your feedback on like, hey, which one of these four mistakes really is impacting you or, or hit you with like an aha or boy, I'm really concerned about this aspect or that aspect. Awesome. So as always, we hope that this uh, podcast has been valuable. If you have found value in it, please share it. Right. So if, if, if you found value out of it, my guess is you've got a friend or a colleague that might get some value out of it. And we just want this podcast to be a resource. So please put it out there. The whole purpose of this podcast is to be a resource for tech professionals so you can simplify your finances and focus on what you want to do. So with all that being said, cheers. 
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. LSJ3585 Maple Street, number 140, Ventura, California, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, CIPIC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2020-93164, expiration January 2022.